Make sure all seats are in the upright position and trays are put away before we take off. Welcome to episode 45 of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast. My name is Woodrow Bellamy III. I'm your host. Today is Friday, October 30th. And we have a very special guest on today's podcast. I recently had the chance to catch up with Jack Mandela. He is the CEO of the Seamless Air Alliance. The alliance was first launched in February 2018 with the goal of enabling airline passengers to use their connected devices in a more seamless way on airplanes without having to go through the complicated login process or paywall. They have grown significantly in membership since then, even through the COVID-19 pandemic, including some of the largest airlines like Air France KLM, Delta, Etihad Airways, and Virgin Atlantic are some of their members, as well as major OEMs and service providers like Airbus, Intelsat, and SES, among others. So they have a really good, uh, well-rounded perspective, and it was really good to be able to catch up with Jack. Um, Seamless recently published its release two, which provides new specific definitions for in-flight connectivity network components. And we actually get into a really good discussion about release two and a lot more in this interview. So let's get into our discussion with Jack Mandela. He is the CEO of the Seamless Air Alliance. So Jack, first for our listeners who may not have caught our interview with you last year or are not familiar with the Seamless Air Alliance, can you just give a brief background to who the Seamless Air Alliance is as an organization and also your role with the organization? Sure. My name is Jack Mandela. I'm CEO of the Seamless Air Alliance. Uh, my background quickly is in wireless. I've been a part of a couple of great startups and, and big technology companies like Qualcomm and Intel. Just before Seamless, I was with Qualcomm's Global Market Development Group for 10 years. Um, so about two and a half years ago, I was recruited into this exciting new venture. Uh, it's been an incredibly interesting journey for me. So I learned a lot about the satellite industry, about the airline industry, and I'm happy to share more about uh, who our members are and what we've been doing. Maybe, Woodrow, I'll start by asking you a question. Um, do you remember from the la- whenever it was the last uh, trip you took, right? Uh, think about the very first thing that happened when you land. If you if you if the aircraft just touches the ground, the the wheels screech, and you look around the aircraft, what do you see? Uh, well, I see you know we're coming into the runway, and um, you know the. <laughs> I I got to be honest though with this conversation, the first thing that I do see is my phone's able to get uh, re- reception. We're finally able to to text. <laughs> <laughs> And everybody's checking their phone. (laughs) Yeah, it's back to civilization. That's the thing, right? If you look down that aisle, and I do it all the time, and I've got a a grin ear to ear, right? Everyone is getting on the phone, (laughs) emailing, texting, social media. It's it's just incredible. It's fascinating, right, to see that, to, to see that people, you know, 
they've been off of Snapchat or whatever, whatever they're using for the last three or four hours. And it's like, wow, they, they, they just can't wait to get, you know, we're still rolling down the runway and they're waiting for their phone to boot up. So the reality is 80% of passengers want to have in-flight connectivity. And for the past 15 years that we've been trying to do it, only about 10% are using it. Uh, so it, it's no secret airlines know that passengers hate being disconnected, hate that feeling that we're talking about. And that was really the birth of Seamless. So the backstory of that was Delta's chief operating officer visiting Airbus in Toulouse uh, out to dinner one night. Airbus is doing their job and they say, what's next, right? How, how can we help you? What, what do you want us to be working on for you next? And Delta went on to explain that connectivity was their biggest hit that they were taking in net promoter scores, right? That their passengers were frustrated and that was obviously making Delta frustrated. So they started talking about what, what would a solution look like? What would be kind of the nirvana of connectivity? Wouldn't it be great, right? If uh, people got on board and they would connect in a single click or in no click at all. And, and, and so seamless was born out of that. That was really the background. Um, we announced Seamless back in February of 2018. That was at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. Uh, at that point, we were just kind of an agreement on paper, but by later that year, we were in full swing. Um, we are a nonprofit collaboration of airlines, operators, technology suppliers. Delta and Airbus obviously invented the idea. Um, our founding members also included Sprint and Airtel and OneWeb. And along the way, we just kept adding more suppliers, more airlines, more operators. Uh, the newest members, which was in our last press release last week, is uh, American Airlines, uh, International Airlines Group, uh, with brands like British Airways, uh, Deutsche Telekom, SES, Telesat, Talis Group. We're now, we now have all the very biggest airlines, all of the very biggest satellite operators and actually if you caught a couple of weeks back uh we now have the world's largest ifc provider finally uh the quote in our press release came from intelsat following their acquisition of gogo so we've really gone across the board if you look at the top uh flight providers in whether you measure that in revenue or profitability or airline miles we've got all of the top airlines we've got all of the top satellite providers and and obviously the suppliers are, are the bulk of our membership right the suppliers follow when the airlines uh lead so that's that's does that cover a good intro yeah and it has been a interesting to you know see you all grow since that 2018 uh you know early announcement and sort of when it was an idea like you said so you know i mean now that we you know the industry has been under COVID 19 the just the impact of that on so many different segments including ifc over the last few months what have you all have the you know as the alliance what has been your focus just in your maybe virtual meetings that you all have been hold, holding sure yeah i mean that's it's it's important to acknowledge right everything is not good right the airlines right. are are hurting like no other industry it's 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 going to be some time before we can get back to normal um but at least i mean everyone 
would agree, I think, that, that the return to travel is inevitable, right? And we're preparing for that time and we're helping airlines make the best of what they've got today. Um, in normal times, we do face-to-face meetings with our membership at least once a quarter, sometimes more, occasionally going off-site for these uh, what we call design sprints. We had the last one, I think, at Rockwell Collins, super effective where, you know, you can just get offsite, spend two or three days and you literally get, you know, months worth of work done in just a few days. But as you said, we're, we're in the same boat as everyone else. We've gone virtual. Um, we are, uh, we, we had been working on release two since March. So all through, you know, zoom and WebEx and all of whatever the latest is, um, We use some online collaboration tools, one of them called Mural, where you're just, everyone's working on like a virtual whiteboard. So that's been helpful for us. Um, I'll say that I'm thrilled at the ongoing participation and progress that we've seen. I I, I absolutely couldn't be more proud that, that we continue to make good on our promises. My hat is off to all of our members, uh, that, that kind of persevered to make this happen because we had, set this goal back in March, not knowing that <laughs> what was ahead of us. And obviously uh, the industry is, is been uh, hurting for some time now, but uh, we hope to get back to normal, get back to face-to-face meetings soon. It looks like, I don't know, from what I'm seeing in the industry, it looks like right now what's holding is kind of that May, June timeframe next year as the line in the sand to get back to maybe some uh, in-person events. But uh, I guess we'll just keep our fingers crossed for the time being. Yeah, we'll have to continue to monitor that. And, you know, I mean, but it is, you know, to see that you all have still gotten new members just even through this unprecedented time shows that the interest in, in just advancing IFC as a concept and making it more seamless like you all's goal is 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 still there and you mentioned release two in there and I wanted to ask you about that uh, now w- what is release two you had this press release on October 20th what what is this release two that you all have published yeah great good question so uh, let me just back up I guess for a second so you know in release one we kind of put together this world's first modular architecture for in-flight communications, right? So so what was once a single black box that was in-flight connectivity, we broke down into multiple components, right? And that was, in and of itself, that was no small accomplishment because we had to kind of find a dividing line for these functions and, and reach agreement among all the suppliers that are with us at what level we could break the system down and still let their solution and their implementation um, sort of hold their own secret sauce, right? So, so that was uh, something that's never been done before. Uh, with that architecture, airlines would be able to replace any one piece of the system and the whole system still works. So that was seamless uh, release one. Our release two, to answer your question, uh, we defined the, the um, we took it a step further, right? So release one was the physical and logical connections and release two, we defined the method for those components, each of those individual components to discover and communicate with each other. Uh, it, it was really the blueprint that suppliers needed 
to design and build interoperable now what we're calling open IFC components, right? So so it ensures the airlines that they can purchase from the best of breed from multiple suppliers and uh, not have to do any customizations or have to replace the entire system that's on their aircraft. That's really the, uh, the benefits of it. And when you mentioned components in, in this open IFC concept, what are some of those components that would, you know, see this new um, architecture or standard that, that would adopt to it? What, what are some of those components? Are we talking like antennas, modems, or other systems? That's exactly it, yeah. So, so there's, there's probably five categories of open IFC products. Um, it's the passenger portal, the backhaul system, uh, the data center, uh, and of course, uh, Wi-Fi or cellular systems. Um, examples could be just like the ones you gave, uh, new, new modem managers that are, that are being developed with dual modems, right? So that, so that aircraft can connect to multiple satellite systems, uh, new flat panel antennas, Good example, you know, last year at one of the shows, uh, I think it was VT Miltope, uh, won an award for having the best wireless access point, right? And the idea with OpenIFC is that the airline can rapidly adopt something like that and has the flexibility in their system to make a change and, and adopt a better technology without making a major investment, right? They can just jump into... Uh, one, whatever the latest and greatest new technology is out and, um, and implement that through their, through their fleet. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. And, you know, so do you already have any suppliers that are, are working towards this release 2.0 concept? So it, it's clear that airlines want multiple suppliers. You see plenty of press around that. Release two is moving into the lab for, for validation testing. The, the, the uh, architecture, the, the, um, what we've defined in release two. Uh, so that's moving in probably starting in the first quarter and will be fully functional by mid-year next year. Uh, so suppliers are just starting to design and develop those products, build those products. But on the flip side, for release one, those requirements are ready for use today, right? In, in the airline procurements, in, in the RFP process, and even some release one functionality can be deployed ahead of uh, needing this modular architecture that we've defined. In particular, seamless roaming is, is a great example. Um, and it's an important one. I, I actually got to present to the GSMA. I was invited to present to the GSMA last week and talked about this, talked about Wi-Fi roaming. Uh, Roaming can be done, obviously, with cellular and Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi has been closing the gap in the differences between what each of them offers. Um, Really, what we've found in talking with the airlines that we have as members is they don't want two systems on board the aircraft, right? And since Wi-Fi is in every device, tablets and laptops, that that has become... The default and, and Wi-Fi is installed on over 10, 12,000 aircraft today. So if we want the you know mobile network operators to deliver connectivity everywhere, if we want them to simplify their customers' lives uh, and, and move from what we 
got today into a pain-free experience, then the answer is to go uh, with this Wi-Fi roaming. Uh, Verizon had the famous the famous promotion, right, about expanding their network coverage and can you hear me now, right? Roaming is, is just the answer. When, when you have no network, you should be able to roam onto these Wi-Fi networks. And the technology is there. Uh, we think this is a massive opportunity for mobile network operators. So just removing the friction of a, of a purchase decision and um, technology is great. You use it at home every day. Uh, that there's others, there's mobile networks out there that just want to want to do this and, and want to get into that mode of, you know, connectivity everywhere. Now, when you speak of the open IFC concept and, and also the type of members that you all have do, do include airlines. And that's, um, you know, one of the key stakeholders I always think of in the, you know, IFC equation is the, the actual operator or airline. And I want to get some perspective from you on how you think the open IFC concept and Wi-Fi roaming can change the type of business models used by airlines, because that's still kind of fragmented today. Um, you know, you're going to get a different charge based on the different airline that you, uh, you know, are flying with. And, and also the way that you access the internet is going to be different on the airplane versus, you know, the airport, um, etc. How can this improve that overall experience and the business models that airlines can deploy? Well, I guess, OpenIC is, is doing everything to lower the cost, right, um, of, of providing that connectivity from every angle. Uh, as new technologies are developed and competitors are leapfrogging each other, OpenIC is what's going to remove the barrier on, on them upgrading their systems at, a, at the high cost as it is today because they're all proprietary systems. But OpenIFC kind of removes the need to replace the complete system in, in order to adopt some piece of technology and you're not upgrading the entire system. Um, if, if you look, and I'm from my background, right, if you look at the MNO space right now, the same thing is going on. There's this initiative, there's this push towards what they call Open RAN. Um, and, and that's, you know, how I explain what we're doing to a lot of my friends in just uh having interoperable components and open interfaces and enabling a broader economy with you know a global economy of scale and interoperable components and and for the airline i mean the other thing is you're lowering their cost of of maintaining these separate systems right many of the airlines have two, three providers, so they've got to train their people, they've got to spare parts for all of those different systems. It's just, it's burdensome, right? So so we're uh, reducing costs there. We're um, expanding the U.S. system by enabling the little guy to compete, right? So today, it, it's a, it's a one-size-fits-all. You buy the whole system from one supplier. And um, what we're doing is enabling new people to come in and they're not burdened with designing an entire end-to-end -end system and making it work. They can just specialize in one component. So, so there's, you know, the certain expansion of the ecosystem. Uh, you, you've heard of all these new satellite constellations, new, you know, uh, new constellations going up, new satellite, new satellites from different uh, different providers. I'm just trying to think every way that you think about this 
the airlines get to take advantage of those, you know, by replacing their modem, by replacing their uh, the newest satellite, the flat panel antenna, or whatever is the latest generation. It's really, um, it, it's going to enable them in a more cost-effective way to get their Wi-Fi systems up to speed and, and make connectivity easy for the passenger and lower the cost and make it all happen sooner, right? So, so you well know that the, the short time, the short term for airlines is going to be a tough one, but by lowering the cost, uh, it's going to come much sooner, right? And, and it's a great opportunity for M&O roaming. Like I was talking before, um, you've seen uh, Deutsche Telekom's expansion of their program, their try and buy kind of program in Europe working really well. And I think that's, that's really what's going to move, um, move the ball ahead more and more of that sponsored connectivity. Uh, you've seen it with Apple music, with Amazon personalization, right? If you look, uh, if you look at, uh, was it? I don't remember where it was, but I saw an article the other day talking about like, if you did a little bit of personalization, if you got onto an aircraft and you sat in your seat and it said, Hey, you know, you had a, a latte and a Danish last time. Would you like the, would you like that again today? You know, click here, something like that. So there's all these kinds of opportunities, uh, the last one I could think of is just with, with COVID, right? So we've, we've seen the retirement of a lot of older aircraft, right? The, the downsizing of fleets. Um, eventually, those, those fleets are going to be replaced with connected aircraft. And, you know, Airbus is, is, is one of our founding members. Their, their vision, and I think everyone buys into it, right, is that they're no longer building those aircraft different systems, right? Today, they build them with seven different systems, whether, you know, depending on what service provider and what region and what satellites, they want to build one. So that, that, that'll be that one open IFC SKU. So you want connectivity, there's one box that you check when you're ordering the aircraft. And that's our vision. And you mentioned sponsored connectivity there, and I have to follow up on that. I mean, do you think, you know, this is that concept of having a, a you know, brand company or partner with a airline that sponsors the connectivity and maybe you can make that free or tiered pricing available to the passengers. Do you think the concept of open IFC can enable uh, free in-flight internet in the future? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, by lowering the cost, I think you'll see it. It's easier to achieve free connectivity, right? Even whether it's the airline, whether no matter who's paying for it, right, it, it still works better because if uh, if that sponsor has to come in with less money, then you're going to be more successful. If that airline needs to make the decision that to satisfy you know their customers and and get better scores, they're going to provide free connectivity. When the cost is coming down, you're lowering the bar, right? So so across the board, any way that you look at it. What we're doing is absolutely instrumental to to getting to free or sponsored or however it's going to be uh, come to be uh, connectivity in the air. And Jack, before we let you go, when do you expect uh, open IFC technologies or components to be able to start flying on aircraft? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So the good news here is that the airlines have stayed engaged with us. Um, seamless roaming, as you may remember, was one of our early initiatives. That's why we had Sprint and Airtel as our, our founding members, uh, uh, helping the, the, those MNOs achieve connectivity everywhere was really a goal. So we are looking to showcase uh, something pretty exciting uh, an innovative approach to cellular roaming over Wi-Fi in early next year. Uh, I can't share more than this at, at this point in time, but it's going to be cool. It's going to be a, a first step in, in getting there, and we're really proud of that. Okay. Well, we'll certainly be excited to see how that advances. Uh, well, Jack Mandela of Seamless Air Alliance, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Hey, thank you. It's a pleasure. So that brings us to the end of this episode. As always, please subscribe to us on Apple's podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast. <laughs>